Welcome to Atlanta Mix 108. Up next is All the Talk with your host, Emma Wustrak. But first, a song you can only find on Atlanta Mix 108. Ready for Your Love by Seacal and Ashley Colazzo.
1992, when Amy Fisher and John Gotti were dominating the news, there lived two men. The first was a once prominent cartoonist who had a very public fall from grace. The other was an alcoholic who worked in a landfill. Both lived in different parts of the country and led completely separate lives until one day their paths crossed. You know their names. And for over 20 years, you thought you knew their story until their journals were found and authenticated in 2014. And what we thought we knew were the old news clips, the old stories wanted us to think were all wrong. Have they been authenticated? Who's the rightful owner? Where's all this been for what, 20-something years? 33 Cecils, a novel by Everett de Maurier. Available at BlydensquareBooks.com, Amazon.com, and where all good books are sold. Good evening, Atlanta. We're back here with Author Talk. I'm your host, Emma Roostrak, and I have a very special award-winning guest today. Everett, I'm going to butcher your last name, so can you please tell our audience? Sure, DeMaurier. Yeah, see. I no longer can do the French names. Yeah, you have to but, add the ho 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 to the end of it. <laughs> yeah, I I used to be able to do it three strokes later, not so much. Hmm. No, like I said, you're a award winner, top fiction award in the London Book Festival. So, Correct. congratulations on that. And Thank you. That was the third season. Correct. Was that right? Great. Would you mind telling our listeners what that's about? Sure. Um, 33 Cecils came out in 2015, and uh, it's, it's kind of an interesting format. It was written as if – it was a novel written as if it really happened, and, and Amazon called it the, the only novel that you have to Google to see if it's, to see if it's real. So um, it's, it's written – I cut my chops on, on nonfiction books, so – it's written as if it's a, a covering a story that happened, and then you cover it in a, in a fictional way. Um, it came from a very small publisher uh, in Philadelphia called Blyden Square Books, and um, we were real happy with it. It won the London Book Festival Award. It's actually being taught. It's mandatory reading in uh, Binghamton High School in New York, and the film rights were sold. And I got the opportunity to write the screenplay for it, and it is being turned into a major feature film in 2019. Oh, that is so awesome. Who's doing the film? Uh, it's a company called – there's two. It's a company called Hornpin Media and a company called Sunset River. And um, like I said, they, they the one thing that I really wanted to do was, was write the screenplay, and I thought that was going to be so incredibly easy after writing – seven original theatrical plays and writing the, the, the book, I thought this was going to be a breeze, but it is uh, writing a screenplay is definitely the, one of the most difficult things I've done, but working with a, a great group in, in LA and we, we, uh, we got it the way that we wanted to do it. And you have to make some sacrifices with going from a to, from a screenplay to a novel and maybe and sacrifices isn't even the right word. You have to decide you know, things that work well in a book won't necessarily work well in a film, and things that you couldn't do in a book, you can do in a film. So you have to you have to adapt a little bit, which is which is great as long as you keep that core 
the core story. Having wrote two screenplays myself, um, two of my daunting tasks, and very nerve-wracking compared to writing the book itself. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's very mechanical. Um, now, did you use well, what software did you use? Did you use Final Draft? Uh, I started with Amazon and their okay. studio that they had, and then I went from that to FreeWrite to another um, screenplay writing uh, one. I forget which one. I'm not on okay. the computer to tell you right now. Sure. Just so daunting, yep. but then again, then I added the storyboard and the mm-hmm. concept to go along with the screenplay. Yeah, it's. I mean, when you when you think about writing a, um, you know, when you write a novel, it's 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 anything you want. I mean, you can go the the, the distance you want. You can just go crazy if you want. You know, with there there's certain rules within a screenplay. I mean, one minute of you know, one one page is one minute of screen time. And, and I remember the first draft talking to Brian Esquivel and Robinson McGiffin and going, okay, this this paragraph you just wrote here is an extra $80,000. I'm going, really? Mm-hmm. Because they, they had the insight to go, well, just to do what you just did, that's an extra eighty grand, And we can do it this way, you know, for, for a lot less. And, and it's just pick, being able to be intuitive to those kind of things where you can tell the story without telling the story, you know, in, in a way that's, that's going to waste your resources. Right. It's very, like I said, it's very daunting to do. And it's always great to have someone that's done screenplays and knows that background to give you insight. Yeah. And I think I got really, really lucky in the fact that, that we teamed up with, um, a gentleman named, named Brian Esquivel, uh, who owns Sunset River. And not only is Brian seasoned, but he's also a guy that really cares about the story, which is really unique. You know, I mean, you see, you, well, maybe it's not so unique. I mean, but you, you look at the, the, the idea of, of Hollywood producers and they're hurry up, get it out, crank it out, let's make money. And, um, you know, Brian and the guys that work with him are, let's wait. Are we really being true to the story? Are we really, you know, telling the story where we have to? I mean, we, we took with, with Brian, I think it took a month to come up with the, uh, with the movie poster because Brian just wasn't happy. And you would think the producer, what's funny is the producer doesn't get paid until the film gets made. So you would think he would be the guy pushing everybody along, come on. But I, I'm really impressed and almost humbled with how uh, dedicated he is to the story to make sure everything is right. That is awesome. He was able to take his time with that. And I applaud you for not only getting the movie to come out, but just to find someone to do it to be true to your story. Yeah, and, and it's, a lot of that is serendipitous. I mean, I didn't, I, I never dreamed it went out. I didn't pursue it. Uh, the, the quick story is um, the book 33 Cecils was actually, and I didn't even know this until later, it was used by a group um, that teaches uh, inmates writing. And the, there's a lady that was uh, the head of this group, and she was home visiting her father, and she had the she had the novel with her, and she was telling her father, well, this is the book that I'm using, um, this is a book I'm using, you know, for for the the program that, to teach inmates how to read how to uh, write. She went to bed. He put the book took the book out. He read it that night, and that gentleman ended up being a, um, named Kevin Cooper, and he actually formed. He was so impressed with the book that he actually formed the 
production company around that book. So it, a lot of it was just, you know, total serendipity, serendipity. And, and, I'm, and I'm very humbled. Yeah. That That is an awesome, yep. awesome story. <laughs> See, I wrote The New Brain thinking, okay, it was a challenge book for me to write by my husband. He said, you're already writing mm-hmm. things. Publish a book that's your own. See what it, where it goes. Mm. So I wrote mm-hmm. the one and everyone that's read it is this needs to be a movie. Well, Aww. yeah, that's great. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, how do you get this in front of people that want to make a movie? So I started doing the screenplay and doing my own leg work at that point. Mm-hmm. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, and I think, yeah, and the challenge is, I, I think that the, the challenge with any of these things is, is to find somebody that's passionate about it. And you find somebody that's passionate about it and believes in it as much as you do, and things will happen. Um, exactly. the, the one thing that I've realized is, is, is I thought the big thing in, in Hollywood was, was money. You know, you've got to have it. You've got to find somebody that has deep pockets. But if you find professionals that believe in it, the, the money is there. Right. It's just getting it to those professionals. And that getting exactly. and, and get, in the yeah. meaning of time. Yep. And exactly, <laughs> and, and getting and, and and plugging into someone that that is you know as passionate about it as you are, and that's that's a challenge with everything. Yeah, it, it's just yeah you have the challenge of getting in in front of your audience as an author, and then you have the challenge of getting into the movie business, people, producers, directors, what who have you, and it's just yep. One challenge as another, but that's what makes life interesting is meeting each one of those challenges. And I think the 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 good side, the upside, and and I'm a rank novice as far as as films go and that sort of thing as far as on on the production level. But from I'm learning very quickly, and what's really interesting is this this seems to be the new golden age of film. Um, I mean, it used to be. You had to find somebody with twenty million dollars. You had to shoot a film. You had to get it into in, in physically into theaters. You had to get you had to get people in those seats to watch it. You had to make your money back and then maybe make a little on TV. And those days are gone. Now you've got right. Netflix and you've got Hulu and you've got on demand and and that is the, that that is instant cash flow. And people, you know, there are many studios getting get into. Get into the, the the theaters for a week, and then get out because it's expensive. And we're going to make our money on Netflix, and we're going to make our money on Hulu and on Amazon Prime, and we're going to mm-hmm. we're going to people are going to be pushing the button. And it is a great time to be involved in, in in that type of film because it's extremely extremely profitable. Exactly, it it's so wonderful that we have different outlets now, where it's not just. You have to wait a year from it to be in theater before it comes on DVD. So, and there are some phenomenal films, phenomenal films that I just did a review. Um, I don't know, probably a year ago, of the the uh, Wizard of Lies, which is the uh, Bernie Madoff uh, film with um, uh, Robert De Niro and Michelle Pfeiffer. Probably one of the best films I've ever seen, and it never went to theater. I mean, there are some phenomenal films that are just choosing to go, you know, directly on demand. Yeah, it's 
Then you have the ones that are on Netflix that are Netflix original. I forget names right now. I'm sorry. But um, they're just wonderful movies, and they just yeah. directly to Netflix. And and you can and you can just go down and 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 what's going on with 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 series and that sort of thing is just a it's a very exciting time period. I just saw a film, um, uh, what was it called? It was called Cargo, uh, and it was a direct Netflix original film. Phenomenal film. I mean, there's just some really creative stuff doing with with extremely talented people that's going straight to to video on demand not because they can't make it to the to the to the theaters but they choose not to yeah and that's that's the thing is when you have that choice do i want to go to theater and maybe have a bad weekend and then it's going to be plastic oh i had a bad weekend but it's a great film people don't go to theaters yeah. and much as they used to. And what's going to be interesting is what, what does that mean from 10 years, well, even five years from now? I mean, right now it seems that you, you go to a theater to watch Jurassic World. You go to a theater to watch Black Panther. Those are the, you go for those big box office experiences. And it seems that that's the way it's heading, that, that you mm-hmm. will go to the theater, but then, but then you'll, you know, the, the, the date night, the Friday night, the Saturday night with the popcorn and sitting on the couch is going to be a Netflix original. And it seems like that's, that's where it is now, and it looks like that's where it's continuing. Right. It, personally, I go to the theater maybe four times a year. Mm-hmm. Not, there's nothing out there. It's just I'll wait for it to come out on demand or Netflix sure. or wherever. Curl up on my couch where it's comfortable, and watch the movie at home. Sure, where you can pause it, where you can do it. absolutely, yeah. It, it's just, it's where film interest, the film industry is heading, and it's wonderful to be a part of that right now, as both watcher and other, and then you go. Mm-hmm. It's just wonderful time. Yeah, and you haven't even hit on, and, and that's the the, the um, you know direct uh, uh, you know Netflix kind of thing. That then the mm-hmm. other world is there's some incredible creative stuff doing with just online online videos and online films. Um, yes, you know from a from a student film perspective, I mean that's that's an incredible what's going on there. Now it's a little more difficult there because you've got to there's some promotional type things and you've got to weed through all the, all the other stuff, but there's still some amazing stuff being done. Yes, there is. And then you have the YouTube videos as well as that, that people yep. are creating. May not be yep. a full feature-length presentation, but there are some wonderful movies right there on YouTube that people have created. Absolutely. I'm yep. not talking about yep. the talking videos about games or stuff. I'm talking movie-type things. Oh, yeah, and documentaries and, and absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's a lot of things going on that people can touch base on. Yeah, it's it's an interesting time to to be a creative, uh, you know, creative person. And and I think if you if if you're really focused and you really have you know a desire for that sort of thing, I I, I think it's a a fun time to, to play around with it. Oh, it, it's exactly a fun time. And then you had ads right now. I don't know if you're aware, there's a new thing called a sin book coming out that blends 
mm. an e- with a movie. So mm. you can like an e-book, you can hear it like an audio book, or you can watch it like a movie. Oh, that's interesting. But, yeah, it's something completely new. I'm very happy that the new Rain, my own book, is part of this new venture right now. Oh, wow. That's very interesting. So we have in my publishing house myself, and there's two other books coming out by another author. It's wonderful to be not only part of the publishing house to experience this, but as an author to see it happen. Sure. Absolutely. Very interesting. Marketing is always wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. That's. I mean, they're always coming up with something. It's. I mean, I thought. And and just when you think something will take off, I mean, I remember four or five years thinking that book trailers were going to take off, and there was a lot of people that were really promoting on creative book trailers, and you and you see them. Um, mm-hmm. but, and you see them on a small scale, but you don't, you, you like, I didn't, you didn't see that explosion of like many movies that, that I thought, I mean, we're, we're actually doing a, um, we're shooting a book trailer, um, next month for, for a new book that's coming out in December and we're, we're doing it, you know, that old school way, but you didn't, I really expected that publishers to follow that. And I think, and, and if you, and if you look at book trailers, you got to slog through a lot of stuff that's you know, basically just a slideshow with, you know, with, with text, but there have been some incredible book trailers. And I I think the challenge with that is it's, it's publishers kind of veered away from it because there's no direct way to, to, to track sales from it. It's just a creative, creative entity. But I I, I thought that was going to take off. I really thought that book trailers were going to be those, that, that creative entity about a book. And they basically just, you know, they stayed in that sort of commercially type thing. They never really took off. I mean, there's there's a dozen or so ones that are amazing, but they never really exploded to what I thought they were going to do. Yeah, there's a few I've seen and a few that I've had done for my books that I love, and there's a few of them that are like, okay, I'm just watching slideshows of words. Exactly. Exactly. I'm watching slideshow of words with the music and, and you're getting me to buy the book. Well, that's really not really a trailer. I mean, a trailer is, it, it, it takes it to the, I mean, it's a basic, basically a mini screenplay uh, of a, of a book and it's not easy. It's not easy to do. And I know that why a lot of people don't do it because it's not easy to do, but I really thought that that was going to be the next thing. I thought people were just really going to invest in that creative creative venture but it is incredibly hard to do um but i just i didn't see the i didn't see the explosion that i thought i was going to see yes i haven't made a few of these trailers for my publishing house it's not easy i usually do the not easy no i just do really quick i'm not very digitally yep advanced as some of them that i've paid to have done but I get the yep. point across and I do like a thank yous for voting for something for the book or something yep. unique like that. And there was a company and I, I, I think it, I, I don't want to say it cause I don't want to say the, the name of the company wrong, but there was a company in LA that about two or three years ago, they, they, they created a studio, you know, nothing to just, just do just do trailers. And I mean, they were, 
they were live action book trailers. So you give them the novel, they read the novel, and then they hire actors and they do an honest trailer. And they do phenomenal work, but it's pricey. It's really, really yeah. pricey. Yeah. And, and the publishers, you know, the publishers are even cutting back on publicity and that sort of thing. And there's no way they're going to shell out 10, 15 grand for, for this. And, a, and, and someone who's doing it on their own definitely can't. But it's, it's a shame because it's a great art form that I was just really hoping would take off. Yes, it, it's underrated. Right. And with my, my publishing hubs, I'm like, here's a couple of designers. They're reasonable with their pricing. Have a trailer made. Get your name out yeah. there. Do something. Because a lot of them are first-time authors, new to the world of literature as being an author. And they just need to get out there. And the best way to do that is to do something completely different or off the cuff. And you know what's a what's a really inexpensive way to to go to the next level, and it's and it's not hard to do, is that ninety percent of these book trailers are exactly like you said. It's a slideshow and it's graphics because you can do it for free, and then you know you write Cynthia knew that there was something, and you write the graphics on, and that's ninety nine percent of these are done that way. For about a hundred mm-hmm. bucks, you can get a, a voice artist to do it for you. And there's a, some great sites out there. There's one called Voices.com, and mm-hmm. I've, I've used Voices.com for, for plays and for narration. And you just post it, and you say, here's my dialogue, and people bid for it. And they actually record what you wanted so you can hear them saying your words. And it's very inexpensive. And just the idea of having your slideshow with a real professional voiceover We'll take that from from a a C minus to a B minus. That's a really good point. Now we're a little off topic. What other books other than the one that won your award do you have working on right now? Sure. Um, yeah, Thirty Three Seasons was the novel that came out in twenty fifteen. I have another book coming out this December called The Invention of Everything: Insights on Life, Food, and One Good Thermos. And it's the best of articles uh, that I wrote for 543 Magazine. So it's, it's everything from it's, – it's it's, well, the 543 Magazine was started when I realized that my two sons were getting older, and I wanted to make sure that before they left the nest, they knew how to change a tire and how to jumpstart a car and how to pack a suitcase and how to ask for a raise. You mean life skills and, that and aren't it, taught these days. As life skills, adulting skills, but also you know like some some ethics stuff and some and some humor stuff and just because I learned from you know I grew up in a little town in the in the mountains of the Catskills and I learned through stories, you know my uncles didn't say this is how you you hammer a nail they would tell me a story about it as they're doing it so so um, the the publisher approached me and and looked at some of the best of articles and we. Um, we put together this book that we're pretty proud of that's coming out in, in December. That is awesome. I look forward to looking at it. I don't know how much I'll get through to reading. I have so much on my plate right now to read. So I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> I, it's like every time I get one book done, I have 10 more waiting for me. 
Yeah, we went on vacation and we went to this great bookstore, this great used it was a it was a barn and it was so incredible. I you'd walk into one room and you'd find another room and then you'd walk into another room and then you realize there's another floor and another floor. So I came back with this huge pile and I'm weeding down the pile and as I'm weeding down I'm adding more to it. So the pile is never is never getting to the bottom. Yeah, I have bookshelves of books that I've read and ones that I need to read and then I just keep adding to both. I'm like, Absolutely. it's never, but at times it's so fulfilling as well. Oh, absolutely. So, where can my listeners, your readers, find you right now? The best way to find me is um, everettdemorier.com. And I wish my name was Bill Smith to make it easier, but it's E V E R E T T. And then Demorier, D-E-M-O-R-I-E-R. So EverettDemorier.com. Um, that's probably the the easiest. It's the list of the of the books coming out and the and the new books, and then links to the publishers. And then you can also go to 543Magazine.com, and that has if the any of your listeners have anything on basic stuff from from how to make coffee uh, to how to get over a, a, a tragedy to how to pack a suitcase, uh, as well as just some, some funny stuff. That is awesome advice because I'm appalled to think anyone out there doesn't know how to make coffee, but you'd be surprised. Yeah, you would be surprised. <laughs> Absolutely. My uncle gave my one cousin a per- percolator one year for camping, and she looked at mm-hmm. it and was like, what is this? Yep. I'm like, Really? I've yep. never gone camping, but I know what that is. I know how to use it. Yep. I'll teach you. <laughs> yep. I keep a uh, – right next to my desk in my office, I have a rotary dial phone just as a reminder of how fast everything changes because it wasn't that long ago that I was making calls on a rotary dial phone as a, as a young man, and now there are probably people that wouldn't even know how to use one. Yeah, I remember having that at my grandmother's house growing up. I'm like – Will they ever make something so simpler yeah. than this? And now we have cell phones that have so many gadgets. I'm like, isn't that funny? Okay, can we go back to simple, please? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, but yeah, it, it's amazing where we came from 20 years ago to now, and where things are going on, heading toward in the next 20 years. And that's the funny part. I mean, to think about that, my my kids who are in their twenties, you know, that their kids are going to be looking, going, going. You had cell phones that you had to carry in your pockets. Oh my gosh! I mean, it's going to be. I'm, I I can't wait for the day when their technology is old. Right. It, it's so funny watching everything. And my daughter, I love her dearly. She does not know how to work a DVR. Or a DVD right. player. I'm right. like, really? It's a controller. You push like two buttons. She's like, oh, right. it's just complicated. Give me uh, on demand. Yep. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I feel so old, <laughs> but so funny to watch at the same time. But we're almost well, out of time. Not, not, not oh, too long yeah. ago, when the when the oil oil crisis or oil boom came over. They had to find people that were roughnecks that could run the old oil equipment because there weren't any left. So sometimes those old things come back. 
Yes, they do. And I can only hope for simpler times again. Mm-hmm. But we're out of time, and I have had such a joy talking to you today. Oh, well, thank you very much. I enjoyed it, too. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you. And Atlanta, good night. Happy reading. And watch for this movie to come out in 2019.